For one weekend each year, collectors of vinyl, comics, pop culture collectibles, video games, and more converge on Riverport Brewery to buy, sell, and trade at the event simply known as The Swap. The Swap is a one-man show run by Will Thompson. We sat down with Will to hear about how the event has evolved and quickly become an annual favorite. For more on that, stay tuned. First, here's a look at this weekend's events. Friday, March 13th, Henry Funk plays at Prejas Cellars at 7 p.m. Also at 7 at the Red Lion, Winefest is taking place. This event supports the Gina Cuisenberry Foundation, which is a nonprofit that provides financial assistance for breast cancer patients in our area, so be sure to go support this event. I'll be at Riverport at 6 p.m. playing some music, so come on in and we can have a beer. And also, the Speak Up for Salmon workshop is happening at 6 in Moscow at NRS. Moving on to Saturday, March 14th. Protecting the Sacred at the Nez Perce Historical Park in Lapway happens at 11 a.m. This is going to be an important discussion about murdered and missing indigenous women. Also on Saturday, we have a hot sauce takeover at Newberry Square starting at 4 and the second Saturday with Fat Jazz at Lindsay Creek Vineyards. That'll start at 6 p.m. That's your weekend's events. Enjoy the episode with Will. We had a great time. Well, Will Thompson, thanks for coming in today. You're here to tell us about The Swap. Yes. So would you, uh, what is The Swap? Uh, The Swap formerly was comic book and record swap, but I decided to shorten it um, for obvious reasons. And it's a chance for folks in the region to get together and either sell or buy pop culture collectibles of all kinds. How many years running have you done The Swap at this point? This is the fourth year. Oh, really? Okay. And this year you're hosting at Riverport Brewery, right? Correct, which is where we've had it every year. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask if you'd had it in any other venues, but what's the atmosphere typically like when you have these events? Um, It's really, really relaxed. Um, Everyone's there for the same reason. Uh, It's sort of like a a church potluck or something like that almost. Everybody's kind of got something to bring, whether you're looking for something or... You know, you you want to finally want to pass on this thing, and you know, you put a decent price on it, and somebody goes, "Oh my God, I can't believe I just found this! I've been looking for this for years." So, um, it it's it's so much fun. It's uh, Lee McVeigh from Z Rock. Um, Z Rock's one of the major sponsors, along with the Inland Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, Lee's done a couple live remotes from there, and he describes it a lot as uh, or very similar to Boo Bradley's in Seattle. Oh, I yeah, I haven't been been there in a long time. Yeah, he he. I remember he, one year he was just like, "This is so much like Boo Bradley's," and um, yeah, it's 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 so cool because you know people are you you can rent a table. It's thirty bucks. It's a six by three table, and it. I have a pretty loose uh, definition of of what pop culture collectibles are. I mean. You know, if, if somebody has a question, I can kind of give you an idea of whether or not I think it would sell. But, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, it, whether it's, you know, your, your Funko Pops or the, your anime DVDs you're ready to pass on or stack of records you're not listening to. I mean, there's just – it's uh, paperback books with, like, cool artwork or maybe they're a specific genre that people collect or posters or whatever it is. 
um, it's really neat to see what what folks bring because there's there's folks who have been there every single year and been vendors, and then there's folks I get new folks every year as well. So it's kind of like what's what's going to pop up. I mean, I, I I mean I know what I'm going to. I always have a table. I know what I'm going to bring, but I have no clue what someone you know from Moscow might bring or something like that. How would if someone wanted to be a vendor? How does how do they get in into that? Um, as far as reserving a table, you can email me at lcvrecordswap at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. It's on the poster if I got that wrong. Or it might be lcvswap at gmail. I should know this. Um, or message me from the Facebook page. Um, and I do, you know, if you paid, you're reserved. So if you say, hey, I want a table that doesn't officially lock you in. Um, you do have to, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm covered and I got all the tables rented. Um, so yeah, you would you would pay for your table, and then as far as pricing things goes, um, I definitely don't recommend coming in trying to get like full retail eBay. You know, the, like the person who just continually lists something at three times its value on eBay, <laughs> buy it now. Like right. don't don't be that person because it's unless you meet, find the right person, it's probably not going to sell. Um, or you know, if you've got that that really you know, here's this rare pressing of a record. It's in great shape and it has all the inserts or whatever. Like you know, yeah, the that would be a maybe a not top dollar, but maybe more mid dollar. I think. I mean, folks in the valley tend to be pretty value conscious, mm-hmm. regardless. So this is not the Seattle Portland right. record market, but you can still make money. I've never, the only vendor I've ever had tell me they didn't make money. He didn't make money because he just went and spent exactly what he made (laughs) at other tables because he was a fan. He's like, I I was like, how'd it go? He goes, well, I didn't make any money, but that's my fault. And I was like, all right, that's good. Good deal, man. Yeah. That's kind of, it's called the swap, right? Yeah, exactly. 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 Drew was showing me what Funko Pops were last night. There's crazy looking (laughs) bobbleheads. Yes. I was not aware. Then we went into a bobblehead rabbit hole for some time. (laughs) Oh, you can find some very interesting bobbleheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's, we actually, um, we've had at least two or three people in the past who've had head pops and then Funko has a whole other has multiple lines that they do and uh I we should have one person uh who like that's 90% of what she brings hmm. and she she'll tell you she's like I have a room full of these and these are the extras and you're like this is like a small shed's worth <laughs> it's <laughs> it's cool it's really cool cuz you know you know those they 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 do kind of chase rarity on those things right. and you can find oh this is the pink one that i needed or yeah you know. and i guess i'm g- kind of guilty of that with records but also sneakers i do that with sneakers a lot but yep but yeah i, d- I hadn't really seen funko pops until recently um, some of my friends in like the seattle area have gotten more into going to like comic con Mm-hmm. And they always grab these and post them on Instagram. I'm like, what the hell's this thing? What, what's so special <laughs> about these? And I started digging into it. Okay, now I get it. There's a there. Well, so two things. One, their headquarters in Everett, uh, oh, gotcha. which is I have a good friend who lives within walking distance of that place. And I was always sort of like, oh, I don't, I don't need more stuff on my shelves. And we went, and so uh, you know, how could I not find one with all of their licenses? And I got Alex from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> of all the toys I could get, like, yeah. here's this uh, extremely violent character. Isn't he cute? Um, <laughs> and and since then, I've only I've limited myself to three more. Uh, two of which are Coraline figures because that's my youngest daughter's name. Uh, and then I also have Papa Emeritus the Third from Ghost because awesome. I, I just love Ghost and he's you know here's this this little you know skeleton pope. <laughs> oh, big beady eyes. I wanted the uh, the Night King. From Game of Thrones because he yeah, goes in the dark. Yeah, that one is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the there's a documentary on 
the whole Funko thing. It's been going for quite a while. I th- it, last I saw it was on Netflix, but you can always go to justwatch.com, and I don't even remember what it's called. But, yeah, Funko Pop documentary in there. You'll you'll see that this rabbit hole has been going for a long time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How many vem- vendors do you have signed up for this year? And has it grown over the years? Is it getting bigger? Uh, yeah. I mean, I so the first year I wasn't really sure how many tables we could fit. So the back room at Riverport is sizable but not massive sure um and last year we had 19 vendors that's a good Uh, i should say we had 19 tables that were rented a few people had multiple tables um but yeah i have 19 tables available and if that doesn't sound like a lot it's a lot more than it probably sounds like there's i mean it, it would take you I mean, even if you went for just records, you could probably dig for a good 90 minutes to two hours if you really wanted to comb yeah. everything. But then, you know, you're going to run into people you know. You're probably going to yeah. run out front and grab a beer. You know, like there's um, the – oh, shoot. What, what's, what are they called? Um, the smokehouse, the barbecue place. Oh, right. Just just in the parking lot there outside of Riverport. Yeah. Yeah, I feel horrible because their, their food's great. Um, and I'm so excited that it's them that are there now. Um, but then, like, it, we've also, in the past, the Hell's Canyon Homebrew Group, group has been there, which has been super fun. Um, although, which, because it's home, National Homebrew Day, we've done it on National Homebrew Day in the past. It's not. I moved it forward two weeks just because um, you usually run into some... Uh, Conflicts with like maybe WSU graduation and some of that. So, which, I mean, I don't know that that's really affected us much in the past, but I just thought, you know what, let's move it back two weeks. We're going to be the weekend before Dogwood Festival. There's going to be nothing early May. Yeah, the less conflicts, the better. Yeah. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to keep it at that, and it seems like it's going to be, because I had had multiple comments like, you know, you could move this back, and I thought about it. And it was from folks who know a lot about events in town. I was like, you know what? This state works. I'm just going to do it. And the brewery was open. so That's awesome. So, I mean, obviously you've got a passion for collectibles as well as music and comics. Do you remember what the first piece of vinyl was that you got or the first comic that you got was? My first vinyl was... Uh, okay, so there's there's three that I can recall, and I have them because... God bless my mom for holding on to all the stuff she did that we moved all the times that we did. There's one that's like a nursery rhyme thing that's got storks on the front. Uh, one was this uh, kids group called Rosenschantz, and the album is called Tickles You. And I don't think that they could get away with that cover today if you look it up. It's 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 innocent, but there could be creep factor if you wanted to. But I, I loved it. And then I also had uh, Salty the Singing Songbook. Are either of you guys former church kids? No. So you'll have fun looking up Salty. So hmm. he is what his name actually says. He's this giant blue uh, hymnal, church hymnal. And he, you know, sings Bible songs for kids and stuff. And I, I think I still have that one. But yeah, Salty... Those are those are the three I remember. As far as a comic goes, you know, I'm actually not a huge, huge comic book person. Yeah. Um, I, I did graphic novels for a while, but they just get so expensive, and I tended to only read them once. Right. And I, I didn't really have a good way to get to pass them on without just sort of, like, losing a ton of money on them, which sounds bad. But I did also – I didn't have friends just like, oh, hey, here, you know, try this out. Um, I remember I read a lot of – reprinted Disney comics when I was a kid. They reprinted a ton of Uncle Scrooge that were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were so cool. The artwork was, I think, Carl Sandberg or something was the artist. And those were really awesome. And then 
I really remember when they killed Superman. Do you guys remember that at all? Or no. have you ever read about that? That sounds, yeah, vaguely familiar. Yeah, so that would have been like, oh, man. That would have been like early 90s. Definitely, I want to say pre-95. But they introduced this guy who was sort of just like this, I don't know, space golem. Like he was just this big craggy <laughs> rock-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um named Doomsday, and it was this multi-part thing, but basically Superman did die. He got beaten so badly. I don't remember if he had some kryptonite in his knuckles or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there right now who's, like, firing me an email and going to correct me, and I thank you. I don't remember. I haven't read this in 20 years or more. But uh, that was a big deal, and I had the. Gra- I, have, I still have my graphic novel from that. That's so those cool. are those are some early ones that I can remember. So were you around in the Valley during the Dr. Rocks days? I was not. No. I moved here shortly. I moved here in 2002, okay. shortly after it closed. I Thank goodness I was here for the Pepperland days. So I was here for a lot of Pepperland days. Yeah, I was, Pepperland was great. I was actually lucky enough that in the waning days when Bob was, I can't remember if he was still going back to school at WSU or if he had just started teaching, but he needed people to watch the shop, and I was still a college student. And I had some free time, and and you know he yeah. he traded me some CDs, and I got to watch the shop, and I was like, oh, I'm living out my high fidelity fantasy. <laughs> I was so one great. of the other people that got to watch the shop. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. And I got to look at Bob's picture of John Fogerty. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Bob. Bob. For I guess since we can't show it to you. Uh, oh right. Bob yeah. Thorson, who was a former guest. Hi, Bob. Um, <laughs> And uh, he had a, he had traveled to where he had heard John Fogarty was. Did he tell you this story on air? I'm not yeah, because he's got somewhere. a cabin in Idaho somewhere, doesn't he? I thought it was Oregon. Was yeah, it Oregon? Like he Eastern had Oregon, in somewhere. Troy. Real close. Oh, he had one in Troy. Okay. Yeah. And apparently he was like playing at a bar or something, and Bob just went and yeah, he would just go and... to a bar and play in the middle of you know nowhere. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And Bob, Bob's face in that picture is price. Like, he is just like. <laughs> He's got a great <sighs> smile. It is, it, is, it is like a grin, and all grin. And, and Fogarty's just got his smile. That's such a great picture. We, we, you should get that and put it on the Facebook. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, Bob, I'll, I'll send him a message, see if he's he got it. He has to now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and while oh, I'm thinking of it, uh, for past guests, which is so cool because I looked at the guest list and I was like, I know every single, like, I could call every single. Single one of these people on the phone right now. This is so cool. Like I, I get to be in this lineage of people who are so <laughs> awesome that are also, you know, friends of mine. Um, I want to thank Skate Pierce for being the only reason I passed uh, my astronomy lab in college. Uh, there were like six of us in there, and it was Dr. Chris. I almost said Peter Chris, but it was not Dr. Peter Chris from Kiss. <laughs> it was Victor Chris, and it was great because he'd start talking about constellations, and everybody'd be kind of like nodding their heads, be like, "Yeah, this is cool." Victor Chris was my neighbor in a Soton. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, he was a really nice guy. I really liked him, and and it'd be really cool. And then he'd start doing the math on the board, and everyone in the room except Skate would be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then we'd take the tests, and I he, he must have graded on such an incredible sliding scale. But I remember I would go and before class. I would be like, Skate, how did you do this? And he would show me how he did some of the math, and I would just sort of, I mean, I don't want to say I copied it, what he did, because he showed me how to do it, which, I don't know, legalities aside, I passed the class, <laughs> but like barely. And I'm so, Skate is the only reason. So thank you, Skate, for not only being an amazing bartender and booking my band to play on multiple occasions, but thank you for helping me pass my required lab science. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a funny story. And he actually mentioned that, he went to school to be a science teacher. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice cool to time. have um, 
so many people that are willing to actually come on and talk, you know, like like Skate and all the other guests we've had. It's um, humbling, and it's nice, and we're really lucky, really lucky. It's better when we have guests, people that actually know about <laughs> things. We do the best we can, yeah, <laughs> but when yeah. someone who's actually knowledgeable comes in, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and we hope to keep the ball rolling. Like you said, just get in a, this long lineage of excellent people from the Valley who want to come and discuss things that they're passionate about. And, side trail, real quick, what band are you in? Uh, question. I am in a band called Astronaut in the Trees with Andrew Gomez, and some people might be saying, no, you're not. You guys haven't played in, like, two years. And I would say, you're right. We haven't played a show in over two years, but we actually, I don't know if, <laughs> Andrew, if you didn't want me to sell, spoil this, I apologize, but um, we have, like, over 20 songs that we've written in the past two years, and our goal is to um, winnow that into a list about half that size, and then... Uh, record a full-length album, which we've done two EPs before, um, one of which is on Spotify and one of which you probably wouldn't want to really listen to anyway. <laughs> but we did record with Bart Budwig in Moscow on that first one, which was really fun. Bart's great, if anybody knows who Bart is. And mm -hmm. he's touring and working on it. Yeah, I'm sure you know who he is, uh, Brian. But, um, yeah, and it's just we're just kind of a slow train with that, slow and steady. And plus Andrew has a lot of um, – Andrew Gomez is my bandmate and he uh he's has, in another band too though he, right now yeah he has a, a full solo project um that and sometimes he plays with a full band called the bad apples um depending on the show so what and actually what happened with us was we started he was finishing he was in a band called the spine with uh my friend sean and uh my friend cody or asher he's the current bat basis for the kind Cody, oh, okay. Asher Erickson. Sure. And um, Sean Cavanaugh, who was in The Spine, and that band was kind of finishing up, and Andrew and I, had, we'd known each other for a long time, and we just kind of jammed at his duplex, and he says, hey, I want to start playing some of my own songs. So we started playing, and that was like nine years ago. And so the our, our evolution as a band also included his evolution as a solo artist where there came a point where he goes, okay, I want you to just play on the astronaut stuff, which is the heavy stuff. And then he's got all this acoustic stuff that more Americana rock ish indie Americana, I guess is, is kind of how I would classify, you know, he plays like breweries and yeah. wineries and stuff. It's kind of good, like background music. And if, if you need that, um, mm -hmm. but astronaut is not, we're loud. You can't, you're yelling at each other if you're talking while we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in Jody and the Fosters too, aren't they? Andrew and Asher both are, yeah, yeah with uh, Marvin. Marvin Lee, who you should definitely have as yeah, a guest. I think you're Second probably... Second person to recommend him. At mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Yep. And Jody and the Fosters played Smash the Skate my, my yes. event, uh, one year as well. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, just taking it back to the event, uh, which is, of course, the swap, it looks like... You've got a good number of sponsors this year, and yeah. you, you already mentioned Xerox. Who else is sponsoring this year? Um, so the major major sponsors are the Inland 360 and Xerox. Um, super grateful to all of them. Big, big thank you to uh, Lee McVeigh and An his wife Angie. Um, this is their third year as a sponsor, um, and I fully credit Xerox. Uh, we, so my first year that we did this, that we had a, a 50 to 60 people through the door. The next year, we had about 230. Wow. And that was the year that we added Z-Rock. Mm. So, 
completely not shameless plug at all. It worked <laughs> big time. Um, so big thank you to them. And then uh, also to um, Jennifer Bauer and Nathan Alford at the Tribune in the 360. They've been awesome to work with. Um, and uh, we saw pretty solid increase again last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just in terms of people, but in terms of awareness, yeah. it's, it's really interesting because this is an annual event. So I've gone, I've gone from, oh, that's a thing to, oh yeah, I should go to that. So I'm wondering like if maybe this will be another year where we see a little bit of a jump again, which would be cool right. because more people are, oh, I had to work that day. Oh, I requested it off because I knew it was coming. Like you just, you know, you had to have that familiarity. So those are the two big guys. Um, we have Art Uncorked, uh, which is downtown Lewiston, where you can go and paint ceramics or do a painting class with Mindy. Yeah, we should have Mindy on one day, too. Yeah, if that that will be an episode and a half. Um, <laughs> and speaking of connections with people, Mindy's known me since I was in college. She was a security guard at LC. <laughs> and back when I was doing video production, and I would go edit at like 10 p.m., and she would go let me into the editing room, and she was the only security guard who was nice. Like, the rest of them treated us just like like we were so like oh yeah because you got to call them and then you say hey i need into this building and they got to drive over in their golf cart yep and let you in yeah and and i'm not trying to bash lc security i haven't been on campus and dealt with them in years but mindy was no some were nicer than others for sure yeah mindy was just great and she's and she's a friend and it's i'm like we're gonna go have my daughter's eighth birthday party down there and it's so awesome it's so cool so um love mindy and she's and she's been sponsoring uh, since the second year. That was really kind of went. The first year, there was a comic book shop that was downtown, Main Street Comics, that is no longer there, sadly. Um, Ryan Nunez was doing a great job with that, and I just approached them because um, I was looking for somebody to pay help <laughs> defray costs, and they paid for the venue. <laughs> so that was cool. And then the next year, I just kind of went, oh, I'm going to spread my wings. Um, also, speaking of former guests, uh, Greenfield Glass and Goods, Big thank you to Matt and both to Marv as well because Marv works at the at the glass shop. You know they have they have vinyl. Marv's doing an awesome job uh, curating what they bring through in the shop. So if if anyone is looking to buy vinyl, like you want the retail experience here in town, Greenfield's where to go. And they have um, a lot of local music too. Ton of local. I'm pretty sure my band CDs there. Awesome. You can get all sorts of awesome stuff. Um, you can get all Marv's artwork. Um, also, uh, the my poster designer, um, who actually was my imaginary childhood friend. Um, <laughs> did you know that you could find your imaginary childhood friends when you get older? <laughs> I did not. So here, here's the story behind that. Um, my dad was stationed in Korea with the military uh, when I was three. And when we went over there, I developed an imaginary friend, and his name was Trevor. And so a few years ago, I needed a designer for the poster. And lo and behold, uh, it's Trevor Nesbitt, who is here in town, and also a member of the kind. Uh, If you like metal, check them out. And uh, we've become good friends. So I I like to tell him that he is my imaginary friend (laughs) incarnate. Trevor actually did the poster art two years in a row before we actually... I had met him once at Hogan's, I think, when my band was playing, and he was just there. And then I met him... Like, it was like, yes, you should come over, let's hang out. And then, you know, we're like both huge horror movie fans and, you know, video game nerds and all this stuff. And he has like H.R. Giger artwork hanging on his wall. And 
you know, he's explaining it to me, and I'm like, I know, I love Kiko. I was like, oh, okay, it's great. So it's, it's, yeah, it was really fun. We became really good friends uh, out of that, which, and by the way, a plug for him, uh, his artwork is available at Greenfield. You can get, I believe, signed prints. I think they're for like 15 bucks each. Um, really cool stuff, and if you like it, you should tell him to do larger prints because I think some of that stuff would make awesome, like big posters. If you like that, um, like darker art or il- illustrative, like kind of he- in the heavy metal vein type stuff. Um, he's our guy for that right now locally. And yeah, so hopefully I'm embarrassing him. Hi, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I've told you that. Do it. It'd be awesome. Um, other sponsors, uh, Gameplay in Clarkston uh, as well. Um, such an awesome shop. Like Cameron and Brock and Tommy are awesome. And um been super supportive of the event and they build community really well. I mean, I think that's a lot of what I'm seeing out of this podcast is that we actually have an amazing network of people in town. Everybody's just a little bit spread out. Um, but it seems like everybody kind of knows everybody else. And I got to know them because, um, I used to play magic, the gathering, Mm -hmm. which is not something that you usually want to admit publicly, but I will do that (laughs) anyway. I know Um, a few people who play magic, the gathering. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like being a huge tool fan. Like you don't lead with that when you talk to people (laughs) or like, you know what? I love the grateful dead. Like that's just going to kill a lot of conversations. (laughs) Like magic, the gathering is, is the heroine of gaming. It, it takes all your time. It takes all your money. You can only hang out with other people who do it. And it kind of alienates you from those who don't. It's it's because it is it's such an incredible game that it just takes up all your it's a good all your resources. <laughs> it is, yeah. You you get super. I was super into. The only reason I really stopped was I didn't really have time anymore to play. And it is. It's awesome. I and I'm I'm not nostalgic for a lot in my life, but there's was something so much fun about it. you know. No, all Tuesday nights I'm gonna go play. It was awesome. And so that's how I got to know Cameron. And they do magic, and I believe they're expanding to other card games. Um, I've seen people play in D and D there. Um, it's just a great place, um, and they, you know they do vintage video games. If you're looking for something on an older console, they have some of that stuff. I mean, it's just awesome shop. I love going in there. And if you just, and if you're a hardcore video game person and you want to go see what somebody thinks about something in town, like those guys are all very, very knowledgeable. Like nobody, they, you know, they could talk to somebody's parent who's wandering in who goes, "I need this game, and it has this in it. Please help me." Like they can help that person, and they can, you know, break down. Everything Hideo Kojima is also produced. I mean, they're they're awesome. They're really we're super lucky to have a shop like that in town. Yeah, it's always cool to see that year after year they're still sticking around, still still doing it. I I wondered about what their future would be when they first went in there, and I thought this would be really cool if this stuck around. You know, I'm not a big video game person, but it's just cool to have something that's a little bit more of like a metropolitan vibe in terms of mm-hmm. being tied into the modern world because we we tend to be a little bit back in time here in the valley oh yeah yeah we're definitely i mean we're we're isolated and and the money isn't there to really drive some of the stuff that gets bigger yeah elsewhere you know i'm I'm waiting for someone to yeah yeah or like why don't we have a barcade yet we almost do we almost because there's one up and it's down the street from hogan's we do it's it's halfway and they like let you save you know your stuff and run over there and get a drink and come back they do yeah richard (laughs) at the arcade's awesome which he's our other sponsor and by the way if anybody does want to is wants to open up a barcade shoot me a message i'll tell you how to do it (laughs) no i've I've had ideas before and i i'm like oh i wish i could make that happen but i have a steady job and i can't upend my life to go sell people beer and video games which (laughs) 
saying that out loud makes me want to do it even more. So <laughs> I apologize to my wife in advance. But um, And then our, our fourth sponsor this year uh, is Arcade 1UP, which is the arcade in downtown Clarkston. Yes, we have an arcade, and yes, it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, Richard is the owner. He's, you know, like the guys at Gameplay, really knowledgeable, knows his machines. Um, they've got, I think, five pinball machines in there right now, six. So you can go play pinball. F- pinball's 50 cents, and then it's an hourly rate, which um, I, I won't say right now just because I don't remember exactly what it is in terms of I think it was going to go up a little bit to help him cover electricity costs and things. Um, but, you know, if if shooter games are your thing, He's got a whole bunch of those driving games. You want to go play um, like the four player beat 'em up cabinets, you know, like uh, he, he doesn't have an X-Men, but you can play the X-Men game there. He's got, I think it's, it's essentially like an emulator, not maybe not an emulator cabinet, but like a main cabinet, you know, where it's just got like a thousand games on it. He's got one of those um, driving games. He's got afterburner. So you can you know, like fly a plane. And then for, I'm a, a recent pinball convert and you can go play pinball as well. And he's got uh, F-14 Tomcat in there if you're looking for something classic um he's got el dorado which is a really a really awesome uh old electromagnetic or em machine and then uh lost world jurassic park which has a little scoop shot and you hit it enough times and the and the raptor pops out of the egg and it lights <laughs> up and the machine shakes and it, you feel like you're seven again it's so exciting <laughs> uh and and my personal favorite is the x-files machine Ah, see, I would would be drawn right to the X-Files machine. In fact, they took X-Files off Amazon Prime, and I'm not super happy about it. It's on Hulu, though. Yeah, but then you got ads. You do have ads, yeah. That's that's what's true. Plus, you get the ad free. But I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to talk about the X Files today. Um, <laughs> well, I'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back. We can do a. You should. We'll do a Patreon episode for a Patreon subscriber. Or what you can do is just go to the swap, and then there will be plenty of X File talk going on. I'm yes. Sure. Yes. We can talk about how Fox Mulder is uh, peak 20th century masculinity. That's my. I'm gonna go. <laughs> All right. I'll go, talk about it. I'm gonna go to grad school just to write that. Last paper. podcast is doing their series on JFK right now, and I was jonesing for the episode with the smoking man where they do the Lee. Harvey Oswald episode yes, of the X-Files, and I couldn't so. watch it because I took it off Amazon Prime, and here we are now, and I'm not going to talk about this any longer. <laughs> yes, You well, brought us an you... awesome poster today. Yes. And and I, is Pac Noir's on there? Is that Tyler's something? What is Pac Noir? Pac Noir is short for Pacific Oh, Northwest. N-O-R. I thought yeah. there was an I in there. Pac Noir. Pac Noir. I should call it Pac Noir. That's awesome. So. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that years ago. Um, no, I, <laughs> I used to do video production, and it's just kind of, the, it's the title I put on things that I do. Okay. So that it doesn't just look like, come to Will's thing. It'll be fun. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we had that difficulty in doing Smash the Skate the first year because it was just Gregory Ray and I. And uh, yeah. we're just two dudes doing an event. Yeah. You're like, so <laughs> what, 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 what's, what's your company? Us. Right. Like the yep. Steve Martin Bank. Come put your money in Fred's bank. Like, okay, <laughs> Fred. <laughs> exactly. Cool. So that's that's um, something for video production stuff. You said, yeah. yeah. And so please do not contact me to film your wedding. I have not done <laughs> video production in a very very long time, and I, I I don't. It's just it's just just you know I just I just love the Northwest and it's home after moving a whole bunch uh, as a child. My mom's family's from Derry. My grandparents ran the Derry Mercantile for almost fifty years before they retired. Um, and my dad's side of the family is from the Dallas Oregon area. So mm. yeah. Very cool. And it looks like um, part of the proceeds from the event go to the Liberty Theater Alliance. How did you start doing that? Um, you know, when 
to add a, another community event aspect to the event to tie something else mm-hmm. in. I didn't want it to be just, you know, me. Um, and I really, you know, I see how fantastic it is for, say, the Kenworthy up in Moscow. Right. You know, to have a, which is, my understanding is that's the goal of the Liberty, is we want a multi-use community space that can house, you know, we could, we could get national speakers and musicians and, you know, show movies and things. It would just be, you know, we, we need that. I think that's kind of, I think that's one of the things that people really like about the swap is like, we, we come together there, you know, like we're, we're all there. It's not just, Oh, I ordered this new movie off Amazon and I put it on my shelf after I watch it. Wow. I'm lonely again. Right. Like collect, being a collector can be a very isolating hobby. And I think in some ways it, really appeals to introverts because <laughs> like, Ooh, I've, you know, I've got everything organized now. Right. <laughs> Whereas all the extroverts have all their records in a pile and they all have a ton of ringware or whatever. But, <laughs> um, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's so fantastic to be able to come together. And I, I felt like it was a really natural, uh, group to benefit from, uh, the swap, you know, it's kind of our, you know, to draw an allusion to back to the future. This is our clock tower. You know, right. we, we need that clock tower. So, yeah. And that is really cool about the swap that you invite in all of these people that have further isolated themselves in an isolated <laughs> community by getting super into one specific thing. But then for one day, at least everybody kind of gets to meet each other and go, yeah, if you've never checked out, you know, classic arcade games, for example, or classic Nintendo or anime, you know, stuff that I would have really no knowledge about. I can go and talk to somebody that's super interested in that and has something I might even want to purchase. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of that um, that that curation that happens. And rather right. than, you know, like if you get into really, you know, I don't know, like for me, when, if, whenever there's a horror movie subgenre I don't know about, uh, <laughs> if Trevor can't tell me what to watch, I'll go look up, like, what are the best horror movies in? I don't know, Korean zombie films, you know, and, and so you, you find out, but it's so much more fun when you have someone who's like, oh man, you've got to watch this, like check this out, you know, which is sort of like, uh, so I think one of the reasons that Joe Bob Briggs has such a huge cult He's fo- one you, of the coolest You guys, guys. know Joe Bob? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Bob is just like, that guy blows my mind and it's so cool to see the fan community around him because it's so excited and it's so accepting and embracing because it's like, what's out there, you know? And there is some curation that's done for you, but there's also an encourage an encouragement to just explore. Like, right. why not take an hour and a half and go watch that movie? So what if it right. sucks? Exactly. Maybe it doesn't entirely suck, right? That was kind of one of the fun things about, like, a video rental store when I was a kid was just like, I'm just going to grab this because the picture on the front is really cool. Yes. And that's what would have been amazing about his show in the 90s is like you said, there there wasn't really readily available access to the internet where you could search for something super specific, like Italian zombie movies or, like you said, Korean. And uh, he might have something really exotic that you could go delve into somehow if you had a really cool yeah. uh, video shop in town or something like that. Do you, do you watch him on Shudder at all? I, I have a little bit, but I don't have like you don't have cable. The, the shutter. Yeah. Oh yeah, the I think shutter's like six bucks a month, and uh, man, it's worth it just for. And they're still doing new episodes, and they're and actually they're even getting better than they were. If, I mean, they weren't bad at first at all, but like the his co-host uh, Darcy, the male girl, like their their camaraderie has grown and. You know, Shudder continues to get really awesome movies. So, and if you sign up for Shudder, do the two week trial, and you want to watch Joe Bob because this is what we're talking about. 
watch uh, Tourist Trap that he introduces. It's mm. just the 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 opening monologue from that. I don't want to say changed my life, but you know when someone articulates something that you've been thinking about for a really long time, but you had that thought hadn't coalesced in your mind. The intro to Tourist Trap did that for me, and I just went, whoa. Yeah, just distilling some grand idea to a just a monologue. Yeah, yeah. And then the movie's great, too. Like, it's a really fun, like, weird, like, no nudity, almost bloodless, but still really creepy slasher. Hmm. It's yeah. great. And his insight on it is awesome because it was filmed in Texas, and he's from Texas, and outside right. of, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, you know, he will sing the praise of all day long. And you can also watch him host that which like that that's like watching a phd thesis like that guy he he already wrote a 20,000 word article on the history of of texas chainsaw which you you can look up from texas monthly magazine that's i think i've read twice now it's awesome <laughs> but yeah well do you know what the status is on the liberty theater i think man i haven't ta- i haven't really talked to anybody since last year and i remember they were lo- doing like i know like an art walk last year they were still showing people uh, like you can go in and kind of see the inside. Um, and if you get really lucky on a day and you walk by and there might be someone there and said, Hey, would you show me the balcony? So like what had happened was, um, there was an architecture firm in, in town that was going to kind of gut it out and use it as offices. And then they ran out of money. And, um, Mark Alexander, the investor who's been, uh, purchasing a lot of property and renovating it here in the town to who I don't know, but I want to say a big thank you to, um, he has purchased it. And, or did purchase it, and then I believe it's changing hands to the Liberty. I don't know the details on that, so if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize to all appropriate parties. But um, the the idea is that they needed to see what repairs needed done, like there things needed done, like floor leveling. Um, I know that when the Orchard Cinema closed, they brought a lot of those chairs down because the chairs had all been taken out. Right. Um, so I think like the Orchard Cinema chairs are supposed to go in there. So and then the the balcony was also gutted. Um, there were trusses up there that were exposed. Like you, I, I was lucky enough to go up there and just kind of be shown around a little bit. And and you know there was a lot of watch your steps. So you, it's certainly not open to the public. There's a lot of things, but I, you know I think they want to maybe have that uh, the balcony like as a like a reception area where we have like a bar or something and then have the event down on the floor. Um, it is the stage area is not big enough for the community theater. I know a lot of people have been talking about that. Hopefully fingers crossed again, speaking out, I'm speaking out of turn here. Hopefully they'll house the civic at the old Lewiston high school starting next year. I don't know if that'll happen, but, um, Bob Donaldson, if you hear this, cut those guys a break. Okay. (laughs) Do you, uh, do you know of anybody that might be a good resource that would come in and talk to us about the Liberty? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the gal who's the head of the the foundation or association, I can't remember the exact name. Um, she lives in Moscow, and I, I've met her a couple times at the swap. Uh, Mary Wells is the director at the Center for Arts and History, and she's on that board as well. And she, if, I, if neither of them wanted to do it, I'm sure they would point you in the right direction. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Nathan Alf- Alford before, uh, his mm-hmm. wife Joanna, who I used to work with. Okay. Um is also involved in the board, so we could reach out to her as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's great. I like Joanna. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so do you have, like, sort of a favorite article that you've come across of any kind, whether it was a vinyl or a comic, in doing the swap or something that you were just like, whoa, and you I know what? that showed oh, up? I don't think we mentioned what date the swap is going to be on. Oh, wow. Yeah. So In it's time. Saturday, April 18th. Um, it's from noon to six admission from noon to one is $5. That's the early bird price. So 
if if you and I sound like we have something in common, you should show up that first hour. Unless you want to be the person who goes, oh, somebody, you you see somebody walking out when you got there and they're holding what you wanted. Like, don't <laughs> be that person. Pay, pay a little extra, get there. Um, and then from one to six, it's uh, $2. And then I think we do like like five and under is free or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Five and under. I'm, it is. Why am I saying something like that? I, this is my event. Five and under is <laughs> free, people. Five and under is free. Hey, do you want to know how you can get the Old Spiral podcast uninterrupted? Check out our new Patreon account. From now on, you can get the same show you know and love without being interrupted by commercials. We would really appreciate the support. And if you would, head to patreon.com slash Podcast. Now back to the show. Now, the, uh, just talk to the board. Yeah. All right, we'll cover that again at the end. But, okay, what were some of the coolest things that you've seen come through there? Yeah. So I had a good friend uh, who was living up in Moscow named Anthony who had a podcast that had my band on a long, long time ago. Hi, Anthony. I, I hope you listen to this. And uh, I was really getting into Frank Zappa at the time. Um, which, by the way, being a Frank Zappa fan is also not something you admit in the first five minutes of conversation <laughs> with most people. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, you know, Zappa's an incredible. And getting his stuff on vinyl can be pricey because of when it came out and the the nature of it. It was on Verve Records, which was, it was a ma- fairly major label, but it wasn't like it came out on Columbia or Capitol or something. And it's like when you find Grateful Dead records, you know, they're, or, or most Zeppelin records, or, you know, you, you pick up a Pink Floyd album and you open the gatefold and there's seeds and stems inside, right? Like right. people, people played those albums. Like it wasn't like, oh, I bought this to collect. Like those things are torn up. My friend Anthony had, um, through a series of events, come into a big old stash of Zappa. And he, he cut me an amazing deal on a few of them and then just gave me the rest. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so I have way more Zappa than I, like I, I, I checked off all my boxes like at once and it was amazing. <laughs> and I still like to put on side two of Roxy and elsewhere, which is one of my favorite just suites of music, I guess. Uh, which is what, what are those songs? It's uh village of the sun. Uh, don't you ever wash that thing and something else? I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, and someone <laughs> someone's gonna write in and correct me, but yeah, side two, Roxy and Elsewhere. But yeah, the, all that Zappa stuff was amazing. And there's another guy, not necessarily at the swap, but there's a guy I met through selling records, uh, my buddy Weston up in Moscow, and he buys a lot of collections and things, and uh, he has he'll send me pictures of collections and different things. And I recently got super obsessed with Iron Maiden. Like I sort of scared myself at how much I was like, why do I like this so much? Because it's unbelievably good. Yeah. They're, they're just incredible. I'll just leave it at that. So I don't turn your listeners off. Um, (laughs) But he had a couple of Maiden records and he let me trade them for him. And then I was up at his place and I also, I finally completed my Stooges, the the Stooges uh, trilogy. Right. And I finally got a copy of uh, raw power and I went home and put it on and it sounded, it was like, oh my gosh. That's the second time the Stooges have come up on the show because Ann Pepperland, we, we discussed that before when I was a little kid. I went in to find some Stooges at Pepperland and I, it took me like a long time to get courage to go ask if they had it because <laughs> like, I was really embarrassed. Oh, I didn't that's know funny. if they would know what it was. And then the guy was like, how do you know what that is? And I got really surprised. But yeah, go listen to the Stooges if you haven't. Yeah, that's that's record nerd currency. Like, do you have the Absolutely. Stooges? 
like, you know, you just like open the back room and you're like, come with me. Let me show you. <laughs> this is, you are one of us. Welcome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, Brian was mentioning, uh, last podcast on the left before Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left has a new, uh, podcast that's called no dogs in space. And they just covered the history of the Stooges. So go check that out. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to, there's a great documentary too, that Jim Jarmusch directed. Uh, I think it's called gimme danger. I can't remember names of anything today. I apologize, but, um, yeah, I never watched stuff twice and I watched that twice. I just, man, I loved it. Cause it's, I mean, it's such a cool story in so many ways. You know, it's tragic, and at times you're like, man, they were idiots. And other times you're like, thank God for David Bowie, which, you know, is something I, I assume most of us think on a regular basis. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's such a cool And, like, you know, the fact that Iggy's still making music. Have you listened to that album he did, uh, Pure Pop Depression? Mm-hmm. Have you listened to I that at all, I haven't listened Ryan? to it yet. No. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, Josh Homme <clears throat> from Queens of the Stone Age is on it. Um, right. The drummer uh, from Arctic Monkeys, who is probably one of the best drummers playing right now for my money and the bassist from what's Jack White's other, other, other band. The one that has the female front. Not the Rack and Tours. No, the Kills. Mm-hmm. The Kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I'm pretty sure it's the bass from the Kills. Um, wow, that, I haven't thought about that band in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That, really uh, that, that album is awesome. I mean, it's not what you expect. Like it's not, they didn't go in and try to do Stooges. I guess it would be 3.0 at this point. It's very much like just this sort of very moody, introspective yeah it's really good rock album yeah yeah and while we're on the subject of music uh i think just in closing here because we're about to about to wrap up here pretty quick is uh what's your favorite band we like to try to ask everybody what their favorite band is that comes on the show uh my favorite band uh is built to spill Ah, really? From, from Boise. Yep. You're, you're wearing their shirt, right? I am wearing their <laughs> shirt. I am wearing my Built to Spill shirt. I said, I oh, really, like everyone could see your shirt right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Um, Built to Spill's pretty... Um, they're awesome. I really like those guys. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, I so I moved here in 2002. My dad was in the Army, and I bounced around not nearly as much as some Army kids, but enough to not really have ever put down serious roots that lasted anywhere longer than five years, you know, and you're young and, you know, out of sight, out of mind to most friends and, you know, you move somewhere new. And so, um, moving to Idaho, uh, and being a huge music fan, I, I moved here from the Portland area. I went to high school in Hood River and went to college for a year outside of Portland. And, you know, you move here and Lewiston can really feel like a cultural wasteland. It's not. You just have to know where to look, which is one of the beautiful things that you guys are achieving is if somebody listens to this, they're going to know. They're going to know where to go here in town, which is awesome. Hey, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, and and so uh, I had heard of Built to Spill and they were this was 2000. I want to say three or four, probably three. And they were slated to play up at U of I. And I, I hadn't listened to them. And uh, my buddy Dave Brewster and I had our friend get us student price tickets because <laughs> we were like, you know, like 20 years old. Like, Andy, go get us the $8 tickets. I don't want to pay 12 <laughs> I still have my tickets, though. It was a really cool. They actually had a student design. The ticket was really awesome. And, um, and I got to see him for the first time. I didn't know any other stuff. Um, I was later told that they closed with a cover of Cortez, the killer, which is something that they're known for doing, which if you haven't heard it, it's on their live album too. It's like 20 minutes long. It's great. Awesome. Um, and that just kind of started me on the path. I saw that show. I went down to Pepperland records and I had Bob order me the keep it like a secret album, Mm -hmm. which 
if if anyone doesn't know Built to Spill, that's kind of the album most people would tell you to pick up because if you like that, you'll like Perfect from Now On, which is the album before that. And if you liked Perfect from Now On, the album before that, There's Nothing Wrong with Love is a little bit different, but there's a lot of, you know, core songs for them on it. And then everything after, I think Ancient Melodies of the Future is good. Um, there's really good songs throughout. And then the last one they just did, Untethered Moon, was is way overlooked. Like, one thing I notice about them is they're so, they're like frighteningly and boringly consistent. You know what I mean? Like, right. they, they got popular at the same time that Sonic Youth got popular and Pavement and Dinosaur Jr. and all these bands that, you know, uh, the, the record store nerds go, woo, yes. Um, and I, and in, it's almost like Built to Spill's fans are much more quiet in a way. You know, they're, maybe they're the introverts indie rock cult band. Maybe, maybe that's it. They just yeah. don't attract. I, I, you know, maybe I'm getting too far into it, but they're, they're still around. They've, they've never broken up. They've had multiple lineup changes, which I will spare you from talking about because I have <laughs> seen most of them at this point. All right. Well, that's but, kind of a bummer because I was going to ask. It's a it's a three piece band, right? Right Generally, now. right Gen- now, it right is. now it is. Yeah. Okay. It just depends on when you caught them. I just know one of the things I really liked, but I like. I mean, it's it's not always nice to say simple music. But just the, if you can do the basics well and then expand upon that, expand, expand upon that, they do that extraordinarily well. I, I think that's just, an excellent description. Yeah. I th- there's, there's, you know, and there's that quote from Dave Grohl talking about uh, when they were recording Nevermind that he and Kurt wanted to, it was like they wanted to make it like children's songs. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, which I think for Nevermind, you, if you think about it that way, you're like, wow, that's really true. But <laughs> then that's not necessarily the same for Built to Spill. But, you know, Doug writes really great melodies and awesome songs. Right. But then, I mean, he really he really grows them. And, you know, especially if you listen to an album like Perfect from now on, where I don't think there's a song under seven minutes. Um those are just it's just the way that album moves and he always you know he'll he'll throw stuff in it you know you'll think the song's going to be over and then he just throws in this outro that could be the intro of another song you know he just and then the solos are great too you know that, oh they he's are. got that real well and you know to the some of the former bandmates credit uh brett netson and jim roth both who have played with him who are no longer in the band or at least right now doug he's gone back to his original ver- vision of having it being a rotating cast like there was a, a pretty solid decade where it was all um a, a pretty regular lineup um but those guys added a lot to a lot of there's there's if you ever listen to brett netson's band caustic resin which i hope you will um, Fly Me to the Moons on Spotify if you want a good one. Or you can come over to my house and listen to The Medicine Is All Gone on vinyl because that's <laughs> that's not on Spotify, and I bought it because it's so awesome. But um, you can hear his guitar squall all over that stuff. Yeah, I, I can go on about Built to Spell. I got to see him for the 10th time last year. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know if they play every year, but it seems like it would make sense for them too. I think they play at Tree Fort pretty mm-hmm. pretty often so if you want to head down to Boise and check out an awesome fest go to Tree Fort and probably catch Built to Spill out you guess. sure can with their, with new lineup he's got a uh, couple of gals on he's got a gal on drums and a gal on bass then I've seen a little bit of footage and sweet yeah it's it's all it's an all new experience and it's cool well one more fun question 
What's your favorite place to eat around town? Oh, man. Um, well, I was listening to the Hogan's episode, and it reminded me that I haven't had a Hogan's burger in so long. Oh, they're so good. And, and I, I am on the record in many places having said that Hogan's has the best burgers in town. And people We're on look, record on pe- Old Spiral Podcast saying they have the best <laughs> people, burgers in People town. look at me and are like, well, what about Effie's? And I'm like, well, what about it? There's nothing wrong with Effie's. I'm just telling you. like, If I'm going to go pay for a burger, I'm probably going to Hogan's. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's... Please, no one take that as a slam against Effie's. I've actually no, only Effie's been there awesome. once, and I and I had a great time. But yeah, um, give me just a second. Let me think. Um, depends on what I'm in the mood for. Sure. I really, I really like Mystic. Mm-hmm. Good, good selection. Uh, nice twists on stuff, and um, Thai taste. Ooh, Thai taste. That one's often a sleeper for people, but it is definitely awesome. is. all day. Some of that Thai iced tea. Yeah, any mm. anybody. Yeah, like if you're looking to move to the valley and you're like, where should I go eat? Like off the beaten path. Thai and taste. And don't don't walk in there and be like, are you? Were you guys serious? We're like, I'm like dead. And go at lunch. You'll spend ten bucks and you'll get enough food for two meals, and it's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming in and talking to us about the event. You want to go ahead and uh, yeah, plug, swap, plug the event uh, again? The email real quick. It is, I found the poster. It's lcvswap at gmail.com if anyone has questions for you. Yeah, questions or you want a table. And I will say uh, half, no, over half the tables are already booked. Um, so if you want one and, and you want to get a hold of me, like just do it quickly. I, I try to be pretty fast in responding and I try to really honor first come first serve. So and that goes even for my friends who told me they wanted a table, <laughs> pay me <laughs> and you'll be on the list. Um, uh, so yeah, lcvswap at gmail.com. Uh, it's Saturday, April 18th at Riverport Brewery. Big thank you to Pete uh, for allowing us to do this there. And um, noon to one is early bird, five bucks to get in. $2 from 1 to 6 and portion of the proceeds go to uh, the Liberty Theater Restoration Group. Great. Well, I bet you'll see us there. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. That was Will Thompson, everyone. Check out The Swap happening April 18th from 12 to 6. It's obviously going to be a great event at a great venue. Check out the Riverport episode of OSP if you haven't already. Thanks again for coming in, Will. It was a lot of fun. This episode of the show was brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. Original music for the show was produced by OSP's own Brian Grimm. That's going to do it for us this week, but the show's not over. Get caught up on the back catalog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for seeing us through episode 10. (laughs) ¶¶